The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Inside Out with your host, Beth Green. This is James Maynard, your co-host. Today's topic the truth about following our dreams, and are we willing to take the risk? Lots of folks urge us to follow our dreams, but are we willing to risk whatever comes? We may have a ball and become fabulously wealthy, or we may have a miserable time and go broke. We may grow emotionally, or we may shrink into disillusionment and self-doubt. Personally, I took a huge risk when I moved from Texas to the West Coast 30 years ago, with no job awaiting or even the offer, uh, even the money to cover the gas expense for the trip when I left but the risk paid off with a better life for me. Taking chances can be downright expensive, emotionally and uh, financially. We can follow our dream into a marriage that turns our guts upside down and costs us alimony, or into a new career that flops and leaves us even more desperate. Here's the story of Chris Reese, a woman who followed the dream of opening a store with her husband, only to watch it close after seven long years of stress and effort. What did this experience cost emotionally, physically, and financially? What did she gain? Was it worth it? Are our dreams divinely inspired, or are they just ego egging us on? Let's get real about our dreams and support each other to follow those that are worth the risk. So, call in or email Beth with your comments or questions and stay tuned. And now here's your host, Beth Green from the Inside Out. Hi there. I'm beginning to feel like the Grinch who stole Christmas. You know, last week, we had a show on guidance, you know, when we're being guided, are we being guided, should we be listening to our guidance, and um, I ended up talking somewhat about how sometimes it's not guidance, (laughs) sometimes it's just gas, or sometimes it's just, uh, you know, our egos egging us on, just like here, and Sometimes it is guidance and, uh, you know, what do you listen to? What don't you listen to? So today I'm going to be in the process of bursting the balloon of the dream. And I mean, I wasn't saying we shouldn't follow guidance. I was just saying, hey, let's get real. That the following guidance doesn't always make things easy or better. And sometimes it isn't even guidance. Well, along the same rocky road comes the follow your dream. Lots of people will tell you that you should follow your dreams. And I happen to be one of them, actually. And I I also have a tendency to tell people to follow their guidance. But I'm just saying, put your thinking cap on, think about what you're doing, and uh, ask yourself if you are willing to take the risk. I think that, you know, a lot of things are said as an antidote to something else. What I mean by that is, Let's say people have a tendency to shrink back, not risk anything, never try anything. And so, you know, then people say, yeah, well, connect to yourself, follow your dreams. It's like an antidote to that living in a place of fear and passivity. And I love that. And I think that's just wonderful. But 
if you're not willing to see clearly what you might be getting into, if you're not willing to see it. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to see what you're getting into because whoever knows what the future will bring. But if you're not willing to see it and you're not willing to take the risk, then you are just delusional. So then the same person who says, follow your dreams, uh, you ask them, uh, are you going to pay the bill <laughs> when there's a flop? You know, have you considered whether or not you need an exit strategy? So, you know, isn't it funny how we are, you know, we either, many of us either do one extreme, which is we're afraid to try anything All we care about is security, security, security. And then we go into this, follow your dreams, follow your dreams, and um, without any regard for reality. So one of the questions we were asking is, what's, uh, you know, what is a dream and what is a fantasy? And we know that um, not looking at things honestly is fantasy. I'll tell you one thing that came up with a client recently. He wanted to do something. Um, I think I can say what it is because this is very anonymous. So uh, he wants to go to a four-year college, and it sounds great uh, rather than a community college. But the question in this case is, why is it worth all that expense when this kid is struggling? And what we came down to, and this is really the point, it's not about talking about him, but the point really was that he had um, an idea of what going to a four-year college would mean in his life to who he was. And a lot of it was based on he didn't feel good about himself. This would, in theory, make him feel good. But see, guys, a lot of times we're going after a fantasy that this is a feel-good moment rather than realizing that a dream is something that's possible but is going to take a lot of hard work and must be integral to who we really are as opposed to thinking that following this dream, which is really a fantasy, is going to fix anything. Beware the fix. Beware anything that you think is going to fix you. Uh, If you think that uh, you're miserable in your life and your marriage and you have this dream of some guy who's out there, watch it. You know what I mean? This could be a fantasy. Really look very closely. Hey, I'm not against ending wrong relationships, believe me. But you end them because they are intrinsically wrong for you. And it's not for the highest good of all, including the person you're having the relationship with. And you let it go. But you don't do it because you think that out there is a cross between Superman and Brad Pitt. So, I hope you're getting a little bit of an idea of what I mean. A dream is a way of motivating yourself to go forward and to walk past your fears. A fantasy is an effort to fix something from the outside that has no base in reality. So, today, as James said, we're going to be talking to Chris Reese, who really sincerely followed a dream and has uh, gone through quite a lot about it. But before we get to Chris, 
I want to tell you that Madam Mazurka is in the studio today. Now, for those of you who don't know, Madam Mazurka is this persona that comes out of my mouth. I have two of them that have shown up so far on Inside Out, Madam Mazurka and the Guru. So Madam Mazurka is here today. I never know what she's going to say, but I can feel her energy. So let's all welcome Madam Mazurka. Hello, darling. It is a dream for me to be on your show today. (laughs) Well, thank you. This is not a fantasy. So I would like to make a few preliminary comments on this subject. So I have a lot to say, but I don't want to take up all the time because Miss Reese would be very unhappy with me. And by the way, I wouldn't want her to be on the program without me showing up to give her support. So, darlings, what I want to tell you is in the old days, uh, you know, I've been dead many, many centuries, and uh, I, in the old days, there was very little security. It's uh, the security business that you're all very worried about. You've fulfilled the dream because you think it's going to make you a rock star. So, the security that you're so interested in is, was very slight when uh, I was uh, alive. And it's really a pretty new phenomenon in the human uh, uh, arena. Um, For example, darlings, you know, there was smallpox and uh, even before that was bubonic plague. And you could be gorgeous one day and you could be deformed and ugly the next day. And you are trying to use your looks as your security. But there aren't any securities in this world. And there was, if you are in the aristocracy, you know, you say, oh, this is going to give you so much security. But actually, you had some fool who had your life in their hands. They said, oh, well, we don't want you on this land anymore. You know, we are going to give it to, you know, the Lord so-and-so instead, who is uh, the um, the son of my concubine. So it's very, very rare. And you, it's only in this era, you know, that you have social security. This wasn't Really, even a possibility. So, as those of you are not interested in history, I'm not telling you for the uh, abstract uh, educational purpose. I'm trying to tell you that the life is very insecure. And it's only recently that people even thought about security in any way that had to do with the insistence that you believed that that security was going to be there. You could at least... You hoped marry into a rich family, but you never knew really how you were going to be treated. And of course, I don't have to tell you that the peasant's life was very rough. So this is what I want to say. And so when we are talking about this dream business, I want you should remember that the security is not really there for the humans. And if you are lucky enough to live beyond your youth, you, your teeth will probably fall out. <laughs> well, thank you, Madam Asurka. I, I think that was very helpful. And uh, with no further ado, um, are, are you ready for us to invite on Chris Reese? Yes, darling, I would love uh, Chris to join us today. So, Chris, will, are you here with us? Yes, I am. 
So, Chris, I would like to uh, send you a hug and tell you that uh, this is a, it's a difficult subject, of course, when you are fresh from the battle and uh, still in the mop up, as they say. But we'd love you to share with us a little bit. Uh, you notice I'm doing Beth's job right now. I would love you to share with us a little bit. It's like, what was this dream and why the heck did you follow it? <laughs> well, thank you so much for showing up, Madam Mazurka. I do feel um, comforted having you here. Thank you. Oh, um, so, the dream we had was to, my husband and I started about eight years ago, was to sort of break out of our corporate jobs and start our own business and have something that would... Um, of course, produce income now and then, you know, be a, a, a nest egg and a, a golden goose well into our twilight years. And it started out, my husband was in the IT industry and had been laid off of a couple of jobs and this and that, and um, I'm in the insurance industry and, you know, it's a job, it, you know, and I'm treated well, but it's, it's nothing to, you know, be in love with. And so we took many of our retirement plans, both of us, and um, started a hardware store and... You know, it's funny because the biggest fear I had from the, from the get-go was that if things went badly, that my husband and I um, wouldn't make it, that our marriage would crumble. And I really didn't trust either one of us that we had the capacity to um, work out, you know, work through really tough emotional times. The money, you know, the money's been stressful and it's you know, it's been quite, quite an ordeal. We put in, a, we put in all of my husband's retirement money, and he's in his early sixties, and a big chunk of mine. And we brought up money from my mother in her eighties. We racked up credit card debt. Ended up filing personal bankruptcy. I mean, it's just pretty much a debacle. But um, what we found, you know, what we what what we what we realized out of the experience is that. You know, he and I actually are really close today, and um, we we certainly didn't do it on our own. We we haven't done it on our own. We've gotten a lot of support, and that's been an amazing support from James both to help us keep coming back to um, what's really important. You know, so our dream was to have this, you know, golden goose cash flow, you know, situation, and that didn't happen. But you know, what we have is that I actually think that Carrie and I could sit together on the rocking chair in the old folks' home, you know, in our 80s and um, still be happy. And, you know, I just keep, I just kind of keep going back there and saying, you know, if that's what I got out of this and it's, you know, it's, it's an experience that I'm really lucky to have had. That is a wonderful statement, darling, because what you're saying is that you're, if you're going to follow a dream, you need to define what that dream is. What you're telling us is that your dream looked like a store, but underneath that the true dream was for a better marriage and a better relationship. And so in that case, you followed this dream and you were successful. And yet so many people are caught up in the external ideas of what what they're dreaming for, and they don't know what it is that they're longing for and that they truly need. And that is what makes it so painful. You know, the um, 
the the person who says I want to be a star I'm going to Hollywood I'm Broadway or whatever you know and there's so few who are going to make this dream happen and of course if you don't try it will never happen but if you do try it probably won't happen either (laughs) (laughs) and so I mean although hardware store does not seem as difficult as becoming a Broadway star but in a uh, difficult situation, a recession it could be just as difficult the odds are just as good that you would have made it as a Hollywood star so um, the, the when that person is looking to become a Hollywood star, they, if they could really become honest with themselves about what is their true dream, they might find that either they should try to go to Hollywood but follow the true dream, which might be to have more confidence in themselves or to be willing to fight for themselves or to show caring for themselves, or they should not do it, then they will find another way. You understand what I'm saying. It's like when you understand what it is you truly are dreaming of and have a longing for, you can say, ah, is this the way to get this? And so if you are going to have a child, for example, if the dream is to have a perfect relationship with a passive object, you are going to have a nightmare instead of a dream. But if your dream is to expand yourself with the challenge of a child, then you are sure to win. Well, thank you for that statement, Madam Mazurka. We're going to be going uh, to our uh, break in a minute, and well, in a actually a little bit less than a minute. But I realized that I forgot to do something, which was I forgot to uh, offer a comment from a listener. So we're going to t- tell you a comment from listeners to our, to our last show later on in the show. In the meantime. Uh, Hang on because Chris has a lot more to share about her experience and we hope that you guys call in as well and talk about following your dream. Did it take you to the heights, to the sewer, or to wisdom? So don't go away. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Bring Beth into your world in person or via the Internet. Learn how by visiting her website, BethGreen.org. At the website, sign up for her newsletter to keep abreast of her latest activities, blogs, videos, and more. Just for signing up, you'll receive a free PDF copy of Living with Reality, her 688-page volume that helps us understand ourselves in relatable terms, as well as offers a proven program to heal and co-create a better world. But there's more. Learn about Beth's four other books, both fiction and nonfiction. Check out her gorgeous music, which is heartfelt and mystical. Become acquainted with Beth and James's programs for healing and training, and discover their community, the Stream Center for the New Spirituality, which welcomes you wherever you are in the world. All this and more can be found at Beth's website, www.bethgreen.org. Again, that's bethgreen.org. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. 
You're tuned in to Inside Out with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. To reach us on the show, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send us an email, the address is beth at bethgreen.org. Now, back to Inside Out. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And don't forget to call in and share your follow your dream into the heavens or into the sewer story and what you gained or didn't gain. But uh, first, we would like to hear from James, who says that he would like to share something with us about his experience. Uh, Yes, uh, there was a dream that I tried to follow uh, in regard to having a child and trying to raise that child in as enlightened a manner as possible. And so from the get-go, we did the, the most progressive things we could learn about. We prepared to have an underwater birth because we learned that uh, babies that came out that way uh, tended to be more whole. <clears throat> and um, we, uh, we sang to the baby while he was in the, she was in the womb. And, um, and then after the baby was born, we, uh, preschool consisted of the most progressive things we could find, a Montessori education, Waldorf school, uh, all of which were designed to help the child be more autonomous, uh, have a more balance between the right brain and left brain, and so on. And then on up through the years, I, I always endeavored to be there for her and give her a lot of loving, caring attention. Well didn't turn out that we had such an enlightened parenting process after all, because uh, the child had other ideas, and she had her own ideas about, for example, the priority of friends over anything we had to say, (laughs) and her priority of following her own instincts, even if it meant going to drugs, uh, over anything we had to say, And other forces that came along in our lives. About her mother and I split up. She married somebody else. And now she had a different stepfather and then uh, different influences and so on. So I had to learn the lesson of, yes, I took the risk. Yes, I, I gave it my all. And yes, I had a lot to learn. I learned that um, I certainly wound up having a very loving relationship for many, many years. And also that... Um, There was a lot of gratification in being in that role as a parent. But I also learned I couldn't play God in my Mm -hmm. child's life. Well, I was really trying to play God in my child's life. And then I learned humility. I learned that it's a co-creative process. It's it's mostly up to the child. I can only provide some guidelines along with her mother, along with her stepdad, along with her teachers, along with her friends. And um, so I've learned uh, humility. I've learned that I need to be more relaxed about uh, my approach to life, uh, to be well, satisfied me, with letting uh, the forces of life co-create yes. with me, and, and so on. Yeah, go ahead. Let me share something about that, James, because I think what you're bringing up has broad implications, that mm-hmm. our dream, our dream, isn't about that someone else will do something. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen that so many times, and I'm, I'm sure that you experienced that too, Chris, because you're a mother. It's like we have a dream for our child. That's not our dream. <laughs> I mean, that, I mean, it is our dream, but the dream, the child's dream is the dream that it needs to follow, not our dream. And I've, I mean, we've all hit that feeling of, of being, trying, somebody else deciding what our dream should be and pushing it and shaming us sometimes 
when we aren't willing to embrace it or we try and we can't do it. You, know, you may have a child and it has always been your dream that your child will go to Harvard because you did. Or your child will become a bricklayer to follow in your footsteps. Well, you know, that may not be the child's dream. And, and, and how many parents get angry when their children don't adopt their dreams? Uh, now, we have a caller. I'd like to bring her in. It's Irene from California on the phone. Hi, Beth. And Hi. Hi, uh, welcome. I had kind of a mini dream that um, took me through many paths, and um, that was when I retired from being a clinical psychologist. I wanted to be an intuitive, to work exclusively as an intuitive counselor. And uh, that dream led me first. Uh, to want to expand my practice in that way. And I first started out looking for an office where I thought I would be able to work. And looking for the office actually led me to uh, people telling me uh, that what I needed to do was meet more people. And, uh, well, the process of the office, looking for the office... I met more people, and then I realized, well, that's what I need to do to get more clients. So I then met more people, and then I started noticing when I was meeting people that I did talking and listening to people. And I then became aware that uh, when I tried to talk about my work, I really don't like talking about myself that much but I really do love talking about consciousness. And that has led me to going to more and more groups and talking about consciousness. And now I'm working as outreach for the Stream School of Intuitive Counseling. So I started out looking for an office. And my dream was to have a lovely place all by myself to do my work. (laughs) And what I really am finding is I love going out and meeting people and talking to them about the work. And I don't, I don't, I may do more of my own clients or I may not, but it's totally shifted. I love what you're saying, Irene. It's such a critically important point. That's another place where we get hung up when it's following our dreams. It's that, you know, uh, that we think that just because we have a dream and a sense of direction that that's where we're going. Uh, you know, in the Living with Reality book, which is free on the Internet, you can get it by going to my website, bethgreen.org, uh, we talk about the path of not knowing and becoming not knowing and that we can start uh, any time thinking we're going somewhere and and gearing up for that, and we end up, life intervenes, and we end up going somewhere else and somewhere else and somewhere else. And if we get really hung up in the idea that we know where we're going or that the end point is the satisfaction of the dream, then we're going to get in trouble. Then we're going to have all this sense of dissatisfaction. Oh, I did not fulfill that goal when actually the journey is taking me to an unknown destination that's way, way more exciting. And I think that Chris's example also was the same thing. By the way, I'd like to reinforce something that Chris said earlier, which is that 
you know, she wanted to bust out of the corporate world. Well, you did. <laughs> you know, you did that. And whatever else, maybe there was no nest egg at the end. But the whole idea of going out of the corporate world was to give up security. You say, okay, I'll be willing to give up this security if I can get that security for the rest of my life. But, <laughs> uh, you know, what actually happened instead is you had growth and development. Thanks, Irene, for calling. And now we have Helen from California. Beth and James and Chris. Hello. Um, I just wanted, you know, I love the show. I love what Madame Mazurka said, that you thought you were going to get security, but what you were really wanting was more intimacy, and that's what you got. And I never thought of that, really, looking at what is under the experience that we're searching for. I can think of two times... um, well, I can think of many times in my life when I took risks that I was unaware of what I was wanting and the risks didn't turn out at all the way I wanted, although maybe what I wanted was a lesson to show me that that what I was risking was not going to work and would I ever get tired of it. Mm. Um, but the two times I'm thinking of when I moved where I was living, um, in order to work more closely and get more uh, consciousness training, those times I was very clear what I was moving for and I got more than what I was looking for. Mm. So I just wanted to say in my own life that was very helpful, what Madame Mazurka helped us clarify and it helped me see. I'm sure I got something from those other experiences too, but... I didn't go into them consciously. A very, very critically important point that Helen is making here, which is that when we are conscious co-creators with the universe, we can get much more from each experience. So if you are, and I think it would be just fabulous for our audience today, uh, whether you're with us live or you're listening on podcast, um, you know, we've been turning these shows into little mini workshops. If each one of us uh, who's here or who is out there can ask ourselves, what dream do we have that we either are, are or are not following? And what is it really that's underneath that dream? For example, I'm going to go back to Chris again. And Chris, you can pop in at any time if I'm talking about you especially, which is that you thought you were dreaming about a hardware store when you were really dreaming about freeing yourself from fear around money and security. And had you actually understood that, you might have been able to have even better experience because you would not have been as clutched when those powerful lessons came to you that actually have made you face those fears around money and security. So Helen's example really brings this to us. So I'd like each one of us now to ask ourselves, what is the dream that we might be, that's burning in us, and what is really underneath that dream, and how can we support that real dream through our conscious cooperation with learning from the universe. And while you're doing that, I'm going to do a little chanting. Okay. Ooh. 
That's as, as people were sharing, I had another thought come to me. I want to see if it's right that I share now. Please go ahead. It, you know, what I realized when James was sharing is um, how what I thought was my dream of wanting to get out of, you know, working for corporate America and um, have this other source of security, how that was so conditioned in me from um, my childhood. Mm-hmm. And that really, like, if, if I really had had the ability then, which, which I did not, to really be in touch with myself, you know, I would have said, I'm just so sick of, uh, you know, living to work to put money in the bank to feel safe. Mm-hmm. And my husband, you know, he had similar programming, grew up in a very different... Uh, financial circumstances but similar programming and you know what I, what I feel now is this awareness that if someone said is it, is it your dream to be 52 and you know have this job that you have and you know work as much as you do doing that I would say no mm-hmm. you know, this was never my dream and you know, I've spent time um, in therapy getting in touch with why I ended up making the decision to go into this business and stay here. So, you know... I you're talking of... Not, you're not talking about the store now. You're talking about your corporate job. Yeah. Your, your personal job in, in yes, insurance. And I'm, not, I'm not even talking about my employer. I'm talking about the field I'm in. Yes. You know, the career that I... The career path I have. And... You know, one of the things that's so that's still such a challenge for me is to say, you know, well, I don't have to do it. I mean, I we still have money in my retirement. You know, my husband's retirement's gone, but mine isn't. Mm-hmm. You know, and like I don't feel, I don't feel like I could like like if I really heard guidance to say, quit your job, Chris. You know, take $50,000 out of your retirement, take the 50% tax hit, and just be for a while. You know, mm-hmm. stop doing all this that you do. And if, you, if you're going to go back to your career and to your industry, you know, six months off isn't going to make or break it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. But I just like that. And, I, and this is what I envy of you, is mm-hmm. that you will follow your dream. And mm-hmm. I, I personally do believe you're guided. I know I kid you a lot, but I do believe you're guided. <laughs> Um, and, you know, that, that awareness that I have of myself, that I am not, I do not have that drive to say, what do you want me to do, God? What am mm-hmm. I supposed to do with myself? I, I do not have that drive, and I feel like a coward. You know, and I... There's well, what I'm things. hearing is something different. What I'm hearing, Chris, and I think this is very interesting... 
And uh, I'm hoping that everybody did take this moment to look deep inside their hearts to see what their dream is. Is your dream to um, give yourself some space to find out who you are? Yeah. Okay. And if that is your dream, then it's not whether you're as guided that I or as willing to be guided as I am, but are you uh, willing to invest as much in yourself as you were it, to invest in your husband? And I'm not in all suggesting what you should do, but I heard that in what you said is that you have a longing to take this some time to experience yourself in a different way. And that's what I want you to hear. Yeah. Yeah, and I, you know, when I think back on when we decided to start the business, I I remember thinking this at the time, thinking, you know, again, coming back to the conditioning from my my own experience of growing up, you know, I'm not going to be a woman in my mid-40s who has a husband in his mid-50s who's been laid off three times in the IT industry and can't get a job. I'm not going to be that woman. So, you know, we are going to, you know, invest our money in this and we're going to make it happen. And, of course, we can make it happen. You know, we're smart people. You know, we, we know business. and But it all kind of started from an ego construct of mm-hmm. this isn't how I mapped my life out and I don't want to look at it, so I'm just going to go full steam ahead and go for something. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, this again shows us how critical this question is that Madame Zerka raised. It's like, what is our real dream? What is that longing in our heart? And what can we do, either externally or internally, in order to reach it? So we'll be back. We're about to go into commercial break. I'd like all of you to keep thinking about what it is that came to you when I was doing the chanting, and let's come back and keep talking about following our dreams. Be Visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Bring Beth into your world in person or via the Internet. Learn how by visiting her website, bethgreen.org. At the website, sign up for her newsletter to keep abreast of her latest activities, blogs, videos, and more. Just for signing up, you'll receive a free PDF copy of Living with Reality, her 688-page volume that helps us understand ourselves in relatable terms, as well as offers a proven program to heal and co-create a better world. But there's more. Learn about Beth's four other books, both fiction and nonfiction. Check out her gorgeous music, which is heartfelt and mystical. Become acquainted with Beth and James's programs for healing and training, and discover their community, the Stream Center for the New Spirituality, which welcomes you wherever you are in the world. All this and more can be found at Beth's website, www.bethgreen.org. Again, that's bethgreen.org. The 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. 
You're tuned in to Inside Out with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. To reach us on the show, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send us an email, the address is beth at bethgreen.org. Now, back to Inside Out. Welcome back. Thank you. I see we have a caller, and it is Erica from San Diego. Erica, welcome to Inside Out. Thank you. Hi, Beth and James and Chris. Um, Just to go back a little bit, a light bulb went off for me. (laughs) It always happens on the show. The the pursuit of the dreams for security, that point you were making, just, oh, of course, you know, there's my my whole thing there. You know, I, I kind of refuse because... I, I'm doing security to go for security, <laughs> but the um, what I realized was that it's the whole experience of pursuing the dream is what we're going to benefit from. Exactly, the experience of investing in ourselves, either with hard work, which is something I get shy about, <laughs> and and money, which is something that clutches me constantly. Mm-hmm. So. Um, the point that you were saying, what's the, um, what's beneath the dream? So I was looking at my whole experience of how I really, really invested myself in raising children, raising my children. I, I loved that whole thing. There was a lot of fantasy in there and everything. And, um, fortunately I, you know, withdrew from that by the, you know, at, at the end of their, you know, early adult years. And, got on with pursuing what I'm discovering now is my real dream is being in a conscious community. Mm-hmm. Being able to create a family that I always wanted and needed. Mm-hmm. To be a part of co-creating that. Mm-hmm. And it does take really hard work and, mm-hmm. and continuous self-examination and investment. Um. And I love that reality. So this has been a great show for me to to just (laughs) see all of that and have all of that come together. That pursuing the the dream is is the hobby. It's the pursuit. It's not the outcome. Absolutely, Erica. I'm so glad that you made that point. In fact, before you made it, the thought that was going through my mind is that... um, if transformation is your dream, mm-hmm. you will surely accomplish it. <laughs> and most of us don't dream for about transformation. We dream either about external things that we're going to get, status that we're going to achieve, careers that we're going to have, experiences that we're hoping for. And I'm not saying that those things cannot have value. I mean, certainly hiking in the woods or listening to a great concert or whatever it is, there are so many things that are worth experiencing in our lives. But those are, they can come and go. I could be too ill to go hiking. I may not have the money for the ticket (laughs) for the concert. Um, You know, becoming an independent uh, business owner may end up eluding me. But 
if transformation is the dream, it's guaranteed if we take that heartfelt approach that we're there to learn. And what could be a better dream than transformation? Yet how many of us really take that on? Uh, So well said. Thank you. So thank you so much. Yeah. (sighs) I'd like to share uh, another angle of perception on that. Uh, for me, uh, transportation, uh, sorry, transformation uh, translates into a desire to uh, improve, to grow, to heal, so that I can experience greater well-being and uh, have more happiness and contentment in my life. And then with that, to be with others uh, with whom I can share happiness and, and creative fulfillment. Yes. I would like to share a little bit personally right now I never had a dream of becoming the founder of a spiritual community a spiritual teacher uh, now the founder of uh, the stream school of intuitive therapies and those were not my dreams my dreams when I was a child was that I uh, was around saving the world (laughs) Those are my dreams. And that led me into political activism, into social activism, and a lot of social protest movement. It made me very angry. It made me very frustrated. I felt a lot of pain. But interestingly enough, when I think about it, of course, uh, what has come to me through following my divine guidance has been really the fulfillment of my dream, but without the ego. I mean, I absolutely don't have the sense that I am saving the world or that I could or that I should or that I have any idea of what saving the world would even look like. (laughs) So I've become dramatically more humble as I've aged. But at the same time, I feel like the essence of my dream was to feel at one with people. And I did not know how to relate. When I was a young girl, I was very awkward, very different, kind of odd. And I did not have friends and I didn't know how to relate to people. And so the only way that I could think about relating to people was to have something for them that they desperately needed so that they would, in fact, talk to me, relate to me, have anything to do with me. And so now I think about the life that I have had since 1980 when I became, you know, I had my psychic awakening. And the truth is that I have really developed credible capacities to relate to people and that instead of I can't say that I don't give leadership because I do in the work that I do but it's not from on high it's not from an I thou place where I am the savior and you are the saved it becomes a we and a co-creative process of working together 
to hopefully create uh, the possibility of a better world. And we're doing that, and I have that. And it's a natural relationship, flows of love and care for one another that I never even dreamed of. So now I'd like each one of you to think about something that you dreamed about and that you thought that you lost. But perhaps you got something better. So let's all take a moment. dreams worth following some of them really are the ones that don't come out of our heads the ones that don't come out of our egos the ones that we may not even know are there are always worth following and are they worth the risk yes These dreams are worth the risk. And when they are deep and profound, they will probably give you way more than they cost. I'd like to share that the lovely email that I got from Our, oh, here it is. I lost it and I found it. We had a show on guidance, which had some some, uh, relationship to this one. And I, if you didn't listen to it, uh, we had a lovely woman named Patricia Brooks who wrote a book about the animal totems. And we were talking about guidance and all the different depths of how, what happens. And I'd just like to excerpt uh, a letter from Christine. Uh, one of our listeners, and she first she said that uh, she discovered another way of listening to Inside Out. I've listened while doing dishes and driving in the car, but I had a flight layover in Oakland tonight, had mobile phone service long enough to download the podcast, and was able to listen on the last leg of my trip. So she was very grateful for the show. I'd like to accept this because we're not going to have a lot of time, and she had so many wonderful things to say. But she said, uh, several years back, we needed a babysitter to supplement some of our work, some of the work our nanny had been doing. Now, she's talking about, we think we're being guided, but we're not. And she said, I would say, I have a tendency to believe something is guidance if it comes easily. I'm a big lover of easy which so fits into what we're talking about today, right? And she said, um, 
So for, let me see, you think I remember where I ended this. We thought, perfect, it must have been right at that time a friend of our neighbor's had a relative move in who had done a lot of child care and was looking for work. We thought, perfect, it must have been divinely guided to work out so well for everyone. But it didn't. <laughs> she did not. She was not in harmony or in sync with Christine and her husband and the way they were trying to raise their children. So she experienced that if she had used her observation, she would have noticed that this one wasn't right, but that some other person that she didn't consider as being the right person was right. So that's just a lovely story. And she also gave us an example where she had a very strong voice that came to her and she said, you've got to get out of a relationship. So I don't have time to read the whole letter, but I'd love to get that the spirit of her letter is that if we're using our observation, our common sense, and we're looking for things on a deeper level, we may discover that the easy path is not the right one. And that it's not true, as many people say, oh yeah, well, if it's meant to be, it'll be easy. That's hogwash. But that if it's meant to be, we fight it and we do the wrong thing, it's definitely going to end up being much harder than doing the right thing to start with. (laughs) And that's one of the last thoughts that I want to leave you guys with on this show today. If it's right, if it's coming from the right place and you do it, the benefit will outweigh the cost. And however hard it is will never compare to how hard it is to do the wrong thing. So many of us are doing things that we think we should that are coming from our egos, that are coming out of fear and coming out of insecurity, like marrying the guy who's going to give us the biggest diamond or having the job that has the biggest title. The cost of doing those things is higher than the cost of trying to do something that's more authentic. James, will you tell us about next week where we have about a minute to go? Yes. Our next edition of Inside Out will be The Agony of Addiction, The View from Both Sides. With the recent death of Philip Seymour Hoffman, our attention has been brought back to heroin, one of the world's most addictive drugs. His death is a dramatic tale, but not unique. Whether it be to food, drugs, alcohol, sex, or anything else, many of us live with addiction, our own or that of a loved one. And so next week, we're going to be hearing from a mother and her daughter who represent two faces of addiction, the addict and the family. On one side is Rebecca, a gifted young woman whose life has been ravaged by heroin, but who is determined to take it back. On the other side is Helen, a mom who has had to watch her daughter fall into its grip, and who's had to discern the line between abandoning her child and enabling her addiction. What have they gone through? How have they grown? How have they come together to fight the addiction rather than each other? Here's a story that relates to so many of us, and so many of us have addictions and these kind of problems. So tune in next week, and now a final word from Beth. Well, we are out of time. I want to thank Chris uh, so much for being on our show. All our callers, James and Madam Zerka, love you and see you next week. Thank you for making us a part of your week. Listen for the next edition of Inside Out with Beth Green and James Maynard next Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have a great week.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 